this land if they live righteously. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. All hosts of the Cultural Hall uh, that help me out with news have to be in Texas, apparently. It's not the Wilds today. It is not Mr. Mayor, although uh, an episode to be recorded this week with Mr. Mayor of Articles of News. We'll talk about the uh, Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square uh, Christmas concert. You got to save that story for him. I'm joined by Megan the Mitch. She is uh, She's on an assignment that she can't talk about. Uh, she's making cement boots for the people down in San Antonio. Uh, that's only for the day only. Welcome in, Megan the Mitch. Hey there, Richie. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, well, I'm moderately good. I've okay. been uh, engaging in physical therapy for my terribly pinched nerve on my neck. I've never had to do anything like that before. Um, also, my kidneys were dying. I just, it, I apparently the age that I am is when my body said, hey, uh, it's a hard lot of hard living you've done, and now we're done. We're gonna just we're gonna give up the ghost, as it were. So, so that's how I am. How are you? I am very, very good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, rub I'm, that in, will you? Will you I'm, rub well, in how good you are? <laughs> I will say that uh, I've been disappointed with my food on this trip. So, okay. if that helps at all. It does help me. Uh, your misery, actually, you know, they say that misery loves company, and I 100% yeah. love that your food has been a little bit miserable. Now, you're in Texas, San Antonio specifically, not not finding anything yeah. good. Is that the problem? Well, I mean, we've done most of our eating at our hotel. So that's the first mistake. Well, I mean, but here's the thing. We're at a pretty nice resort, mm -hmm. but like... The first night we went to their steakhouse, which their sides were really good, but they undercooked my steak by like a lot. And well, I don't, I don't like rare steak and sure. I ordered it medium, medium, which is a big step for me. And I, sure. mine was rarer than my husband's was. Mm -hmm. So mm, a little disappointing. And then um, we went out, we went to this other restaurant that's like their Mexican restaurant, mm -hmm. but it was like. It was fancy Mexican. Like it had like pickled onions on my tostada. You know, okay. it's like okay. not. So not, you know, Mexican food. It is probably Mexican food, just not the Taco Bell that I'm used to, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, And then we went to like their their sports bar last night. That was easily it was like everything had just been drenched in salt. Yeah. Like excessive amounts of salt. Like, yes, like I had we had like chips and we had chips and queso to start with. And I had to take every single chip and like clean it off with my napkin because there was so much salt on it it was like and i'm not a big salt lover but even my husband who loves salt he was like mm -hmm. that was way too much and yeah. uh, you know it's so, fine. so so let me ask you this what did you order at the sports bar because chips and queso was your starter what did you right. end up with so i had something called a texas cheese steak which is mm -hmm. basically a philly cheese steak but with instead of like American cheese or provolone cheese, it had their queso on top. Mm -hmm. Um, less than stellar, which is unfortunate because yeah. it was also made with like not brisket, something else. It was like a good, a good cut of, cut of meat, but it was just meh, didn't do you know, it for you. Didn't do it for me. So you gotta get off property, Megan. We usually do. I don't know why we've oh, but you know what we did last night before Tell we me. had dinner? Okay, have you ever heard of Bucky's? The gas sure. station. Sure. It's okay. the one that everyone always takes a picture of when they're in Texas. They go, yeah. hey, I'm at Bucky's. And then they buy a shirt or something ridiculous that when they're not feeling the pressure of the actual store at the actual place, they'll literally never wear again. True, true story. So my kids have actually they learned about Bucky's through a YouTube channel that they mm -hmm. like to watch. Mm -hmm. Um unrelated to gas stations shockingly the youtube channel but they always bring up bucky's and so when the kids found out we were coming to texas they're like oh, you have to go to bucky's so we had some time to kill last night when my husband was done with his meetings and uh we're like well i guess we'll go to bucky's it's only like a half an hour drive it's not you know no big deal and that place it's like a whole situation sure. it's gigantic they have everything i could have bought a nativity or a Halloween decoration. You should have. Or a Halloween nativity. That would have been awesome. Halloween nativity would have been stellar. The kids uh, are all getting some candy from Bucky's. We got a few other little odds and ends. They maybe are getting. Well, I don't want to say anything because it's a surprise. But the, they're and getting they, something. And they're cool. avid listeners of the cultural hall. Is that the thing? Some of them are. Really? Some of them are. 
Well, bless when them. I when they're in the car with me and I'm listening, like I've had some of my kids have been like, Hey mom, is this the cultural hall? Can you turn it on if it's not? You know, and then Aww. my little guy, my, well, seriously, my little five-year-old, um, he used to do this thing whenever I would listen, where at the end it would be the Peter Brian Holt, you uh-huh. know, um, on the back row of the cultural hall show, ow, you know, that uh-huh. part. Uh-huh. Literally half a second later, half a beat later, I'd hear right from behind me. Ow! Oh, that was John. Uh, that's a cute. That's, There's that's, some episodes they don't listen to. I was but. gonna say, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm judgmental of your parenting. Rude. <laughs> Depending on some of the episodes that you let them listen to, I, can we listen I to the it. latest episode, and you're like, nope, no, we nope. cannot. Not that episode. You may not listen not to that, that one. one. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm glad that you were able to at least have some fun by being able to get off property and head over to Bucky's. I know that your kids will appreciate it as they are peer pressured into being excited about a store in a different place. Those kind of things. I'm I'm of the same mind of Bucky's as I am about like Froyo, as I am about sushi, as I am about a lot of things where as a society and we do this and it will be something else, you know soon enough but we we do these things where we're like the soda shop the soda shop is what we're all about everybody get to the soda shop don't we love the soda shop and then we have a couple years of the soda shop and we're like the cookie store it's the cookie store that's where you got to go it's all about cookies and then the cookie thing wears off and it's like ramen you got to try ramen have you tried ramen we got to try get out to the ramen i can't believe you haven't tried ramen Sushi. You haven't tried sushi? It's all about sushi. Oh, I love the rolls. And we just sort of do that. And I feel like Bucky's is very much a thing where, though it's been around for a long time, and I recognize that it has been a big-ish deal for a lot of people for a long time, it has certainly hit the groundswell of, oh my gosh, you're in Texas? You could go, go to, to Bucky's. Bucky's of all mm-hmm. the things. So. Yep, go visit a gas station. I will say, though, it was a sight to behold in its one of those things where my husband and I, we kind of have this philosophy when we're traveling. It's like, we don't come to Texas often. You know, this is the first time in my life I've ever been to Texas, you know? And well, we've got time to kill. Let's go to see this thing that we're never going to have the opportunity to see again. We can say we've done it, checked it off the list, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Would I make a trip here just to see Bucky's? I would absolutely not, but. But you did go to the Alamo. And I appreciate that you asked about the basement in the Alamo. Uh, I do what I can. <laughs> so fun and stupid. But here, here's the tour. Here's the thing. The tour was not at all the way it is depicted in a certain movie that I don't want to name because I know that the fact that this joke is a secret is a exciting thing for you. Yes, thank but you. The tour is nothing at all like it is depicted in that particular film. And if you know the film, you know what I'm referencing. So am it's I to am I so am I to assume by what you're saying that uh what we see in movies is not real life? Is that what you are telling me right now? Shockingly, that is exactly huh. what I'm well, saying. Well that is a that is a revolutionary piece yeah, of that information. Is a revolutionary concept, a diversion from the truths that I held. My truth, my truth is what? the exact same. <laughs> I want to make sure that you know that that's my truth. I had an interesting email I want to share, and people can always email us, contact at theculturalhall.com. This subject line, Michael Benjamin, which, if you haven't noticed, is the most recent as the recording of this episode, uh, uh, published episode of The Cultural Hall, number 731, is the number, if you want to hear in which we are referencing. Um, It says, Michael Benjamin, now I got to find the right tab because I've opened too many. There it is. Michael Benjamin is the subject line. And then uh, into the email, it says, I definitely had mixed feelings about what Benjamin had to say. Ultimately, I decided to unsubscribe from your podcast to show when I saw that they have Joseph Smith listed on Floodlit. And also because I had a distinct feeling of we are hearing only his side. So there's more to the email, but I want to take a quick moment. So floodlit.org is a website that talks about um, anyone who has had alleged and or been convicted within the church of um, sexual misconduct with a minor. Um, 
And so this website uh, and this, they're not a, an official nonprofit yet, though. I think that's the status that they're trying to get to. They basically say, uh, you know, Richard Stebbin, he lives in the Taylorsville area and he was accused of this. And then it goes the details, right? And it goes, they're, they're going as far back and then as far forward. So, um, so that you can see, right? Because the church obviously doesn't put this information out and wouldn't put this information out but is an opportunity for you to see, okay, well, who are the people and how many of the people, how many people are being accused of this? So is it a fun site? No. Is it something that would be maybe appropriate for kids? No. Um, But it is a a resource for people. So I want to address a couple of the first parts, then we'll get into the second part, then we'll actually take a break and get into the news. So Floodlit.org has Joseph Smith listed. I think that that is an interesting thing. The only thing that I will comment about that is to say, uh, well, two things, I guess I would say. One is that um, I did not know that. So I can, you know, honestly say that I did not know that they listed. And depending on the qualifications of what they have to put on that, to put a person on that website, there are qualifications that could quantify Joseph Smith or Brigham Young or lots of the early saints to be on that list. I don't really want to get into that too much. Um, but I mean, depend, you know, if it's, if, if the, if the idea is, you know, um, if the idea is that this is, this is what occurred with Joseph Smith and someone under the age of 18, that could be qualifications to put on that website. I, I don't know that I fully agree with it, and I'm sure that people will email me, and I hope that they do, which is the other part of what I wanted to talk about within this email, contact at theculturalhall.com. So we talk about a lot of things, and a lot of times when guests will come in and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or I think this about this. It's an opportunity for um, that person to say their side. It, mm-hmm. it is, of course, and this person doesn't give me their name. They probably knew that I would share their email here in an episode. Um, and I would probably keep it anonymous anyway. And if you email us and you want me to keep you anonymous, be sure that you tell me, Hey, keep me anonymous. Of course, you're going to only hear one side from a person. They only have their side. Or even if they try and say, well, I want to represent all sides. They're still representing all sides from their particular perspective. So, uh, so, so I would be curious to know what this person listens to if they're trying to get all sides. Because yeah. I think that you, you can listen to like very, very positive, never dwell on any of the questions or negative things within the church. But that is also very one sided. And so mm-hmm. if you're if you're yeah. if you're unsubscribing to this because you feel like this is one sided, I don't know how you would subscribe to anything that is anything because perspective is always one sided. Yeah. yeah. So so. um goes on to say, I'm not a frequent listener, but amplifying people like him and the crazy woman who had been married twice, but now needs to fornicate as a single woman because there are not enough men in the church doesn't seem helpful to anyone. And that's referencing the uh, episode a little while back about the the single woman who was like, listen, I've been married a couple of times. There's not enough men. I've made the choice that I'm going to start, you know, having these relations outside of marriage because I just don't feel like that there are people within. So so also this email very one-sided in that it you know hand picks two episodes of 200 that happen to be of this nature and negates the several hundred now over 732 episodes that occur that aren't all of that vein challenging sometimes yes are you going to keep listening? Okay. You're not going to keep listening. That's fine. The agency is beauty. You know, great. Have that. I'm glad you have that choice. I feel, I feel sad that something that you don't ultimately agree with or that you have to struggle with in order to be able to put at rest in your mind is something that you would then turn away from. I said as much in an email that said, Oh, you know, I definitely am sad that you're, you're going to be gone. You know, for me, I keep myself open to all voices. Mm-hmm. And they went on to say, you know, not helpful, not helpful, not helpful. So um, mm-hmm. for those, and I know that you reached out to me as well, for those that maybe think that that's a challenging episode, here's the thing. You can say, oh, yeah, you know, the the idea that we should do background checks is a great idea. 
but I don't think Joseph Smith should be on that website and be all right with it, right? You can Mm -hmm. say, I agree with this portion of this. I don't agree with that portion of that. And that can be okay. You don't have to say, man, you know, I do agree with background checks, but, you know, they put that on the website. So uh, I'm, I'm throwing it all out that, that to me, the, the all or nothing, I don't feel like benefits anyone at all. I agree. I agree. And yeah, like when I reached out to you, I was like, man, the, the interview was great. I thought you did a great job. You know, you handled everything. It was all very delicate. You know, you handled it very well. Um, like it, it can be okay for us to say the way that this particular situation was handled was terrible. And yep. it's also okay to say, potentially that the gentleman, what's his name? Michael. Michael Adam Davis. Yeah. Um, that maybe he handled some things incorrectly as well, or not necessarily incorrectly, but maybe he could have handled things differently oh, as well. Talk- sorry. You're talking about the, the guest. Yes. Sorry. The guest yeah. was Michael Benjamin. Sorry. Michael. Adam yes, Davis, Michael Benjamin. Is the name of the individual who was charged not only in Utah, but also in Minnesota. With- right. Right. So yeah, the guest that you interviewed, like, mm-hmm. could he have handled things differently a little bit? Potentially, sure. you sure. know, there's, there's definitely room there as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think life is just so much more nuanced than yeah. black and white. My perspective's right. Yours is wrong. You yeah. know, and like I was talking with my husband about it. I'm like, it's, it's okay to admit to the fact that there are people who get hurt by people within the church. Mm-hmm. That's not anywhere close to saying I've been hurt or this person has been hurt by the institution of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's this person has been hurt by mortal men and women mm-hmm. who are using thing, using authority incorrectly or what have you, you know, and I think that there's room to have that discussion and it's important, you know, and, and going all or nothing black and white is just not helpful yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, a, a couple of the things, uh, for instance, like the fact and go back because we're talking all about this uh, yeah. episode 731 and listen to it. Um, You know, he talks about how he sort of blindly emails the people that would be in the class by this teacher. I, I don't know that I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the responsibility that he innately felt like, hey, you need to know who this person is that's going to be dealing with your kid. But there's probably a better way to do that. Yeah, it's, you know, go to their house, sit down with them and say, hey, this is why this is important to me. This is why I feel like you should maybe understand this. Do with that information what you need yeah. to, you know, but it's just here, let me send. A, and we don't know, was it a group email? Was it a bunch of individual emails? Sure. I don't know, you know, but depending on how that went down, I, as a parent, I would be like, why am I getting it in this format? Right. Why didn't, why didn't this person just reach out to me? directly, you know, right, and, right. and like both my, when I was telling my husband the story, both of us agreed like, Oh, if that had just maybe been handled differently, can't say for sure, but sure. maybe things would have gone down a little bit different. I sure. don't know. Sure. You know, you know, and other things that within the interview, you know, knowing that he has uh, some, some hard times with other points of it, you know, maybe it wouldn't have mattered as far as church things. There's probably a lot going on as that email yeah. indicates that we don't know about and that isn't shared because it's the one person's perspective. However, it doesn't negate the fact that in that particular incident, that uh, if there would a background check been done on that particular individual, that right. person in that ward would not have suffered the abuse that they suffered under the hand of someone that was approved to be able to do that within the church, period. Period. Yeah. So, you know, I understand stuff, stuff is challenging. I I sometimes uh, when we talk about everything uh, within the church, I think that that, you know, there are things where people are like, yes, I'll talk about everything. Ooh, not that. And I just want people to know that, you know, it's going to be everything and there will be episodes that will be hard and you don't have to listen. I hope that you would. We put a lot of work and thought into the things, but I I recognize that if, if it's too much, but I think the, the thing that I always think when something is too much is I go, oh, this is too much for me, but this is also brothers and sisters who have gone through these things. And if I'm going to have any amount of empathy for it, I at least need to know what it is they're experiencing and then be able to yes, do Yes, yes, exactly. Like I um I was a few weeks behind and I ended up listening to the episode Lost Membership mm-hmm. with the gentleman who had um 
well lost his membership after having been a bishop. And I had been initially hesitant to listen to it in the first place because I, a lot of people that I have listened to who have lost their membership of the church, um, it can be very, uh, rightfully so angry, you know, and, and have a lot of hatred, you know, and so I was a little bit hesitant to listen to that episode in the first place. And then it came on just after I was listening to something else. And it ended up being so eye-opening and so like good for me to hear and listen to listening to his perspective and how he was currently feeling, you know, and all of that, you know, I think a lot of times listen, you know, look at the, look at the episode descriptions, say, Ooh, is that something that I really want to hear? Is that something that's important for me to know and potentially give it a chance, even if you think no, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because well there's been a few, episodes like that where I'm like Neh. and then I listen I'm like oh that was that was good for me yeah in fact the most common email that uh that I will get from people the the basics basic synopsis is I saw the thing I thought I don't know I listened to it and thank you for whatever it was right and that doesn't yeah. mean you have to agree with it and it doesn't mean that you have to be like oh that person's spot on and and the other thing that I think is like if your testimony is as it is and you know the things and you're nurturing it in the way and all of that stuff, right? Then someone saying, hey, this is my experience with this. I, I don't think and maybe I'm being horribly naive about this, but I don't think that it should have the ability to be able to rock you to your core if if all of the other things are in place. So, I mean, maybe that's. Just kind of the way that anyway. So, to, all to say, uh, we'll continue to do those things and other great things. I've got probably the most amazing episode of the Cultural Hall coming up. I I don't want to make this too big a deal, and uh, I, yeah. But if you are a Patreon saint, you've got to uh, you got to check this out. These will be made available. The episode is called "A Bunch of Richards," and uh, we have Richard Osler, Richard Turley, and Richard Bushman, all three in the same episode. It's just a bunch of Richards, and that episode, the final piece of that gets recorded here in the future, and then we'll make it available. And it's incredible. It is It is one of those things where I'm sitting there going, I am humbled at the opportunity that, like, Richard Osler is my friend. Richard Turley and I chat about ridiculous things on the side. And Richard Bushman, when I reached out, was like, Richie, of course, I would love to be able to visit with you again. Like, that, that is a surreal scenario to me. And so on. That's like Murderer's to, Row. Yeah, right? It's like the Murderer's Row of Mormondom. Yeah. I'm excited to share that with you. And it's cool. They're all talking about their new books that are coming out. So um, cool. So we will get to that. Let's take a break and do actual articles of news. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. 
When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Now, I'll mention in our next articles of news that it will also be recorded this week. It's Mr. Mayor. He and I will talk about the Tabernacle Choir. There will also be a temple ticker. Tons in temple news, including the Heber City Temple continuing uh we've got <laughs> more news about the cody wyoming temple and then a bajillion that are you know in process being dedicated what's going on it's never ever happened before except that it's happened uh we'll do that in temple news and that'll be in the one later uh this week likely so i have a question for Corey. can you ask me? him this yeah, the you next can time? ask him it right now he listens hey Corey k ward what is going on with the temple in russia oh i already know that nothing well, I know. Okay. But like Twitter, because Twitter's the worst, but they, a lot of rumors on Twitter that it's just not going to happen ever. So I want to hear. Well, Corey's don't, say, don't say ever Megan, the Mitch. True. True story. Ever is a long time, but yeah, no, I, though I don't know, I will ask him that particular question. What's going on with the temple in Russia? Uh, I saved this news story for you because Megan, the Mitch, She's all things sports and she's all things the church and she loves the Utah jazz. Gordon Hayward, brother Hayward. Is this happening? Are we doing this? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Gordon Hayward. He lives in, uh, Oh, who's he playing for? I want to say Charlotte now, Mm -hmm. Um, but two uh, Latter-day Saint missionary stuff by their home. And his wife posted it on Instagram on the gram. And, uh, of course, they lived in Utah for some time, you know, for a decent amount of, of time. And she was so sweet. She said, uh, just be kind to missionaries, invite them in, give them a drink of water. They're good kids. You know, posted a picture of, of Brother Hayward with, with the two elders. That then made the round on uh, Twitter, Facebook. It ended up on missionary Facebook pages. And that picture has gotten to the two elders' families. One was from Logan, I think, I think, and one was from Lehigh. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's, it's funny because I, uh, I am all things Utah jazz. And when you're sitting there watching a game, you're like, yeah, these guys are tall. They're, they're larger than your average mm-hmm. human being, mm-hmm. but you don't know how big they are until you're like next to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, these elders, they were probably average size guys, you know, yeah. maybe five, ten, five. I don't know what the average size of yeah, a five, human nine to, to six foot, I think, is the average yeah, yeah, male. Yeah, so they were, yeah, they were definitely within that realm. And Gordon Hayward, like, still towered over them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always funny to me to see pictures like that because I'm like, you're like a full head and a half taller than these people who are regular sized. Um, but no, she was, and it's funny because I actually, um, I have a hard time with Gordon Hayward's wife because she kind of runs her mouth on social media. Like anytime he gets injured, it's the ref's fault. Anytime he gets a foul, it's the ref's fault. And she's actually gotten a lot of flack for some of the things that she says on social media. But this one was, it it was a nice, it was a very nice kind. um, Yeah. Just in, in good faith, you know, just a good, good, wholesome post and Gordon Hayward looked looked happy to be standing there with two elders. A lot of people are speculating like, oh, this must mean he's coming back to Utah. That'll never happen. No, but <laughs> no. no, after how we treated him and I think he's about done, right? Uh, he's He's got to be getting close. I don't know that he's played really many full seasons since he left the Jazz because he keeps getting hurt. So yeah, uh, a, a, an amazing picture. Like you say, uh, Robin is his wife's name worth mentioning. Um, and interesting to note that sometimes you love her and other times you don't love her. Interesting that you don't have to love her all the time or hate her all the time, that, but yeah. they're able to hold space for two different feelings. Is that yeah. heavy handed? I'll move on from that. <laughs> the, thing, the thing that I wonder also, and we did this, so I served in Cleveland and we mm-hmm. knew where some of the Cleveland then Indians players lived. And we sort of, for the most part, steered clear of them. But there were missionaries who would intentionally go to the homes of the people that they wanted to meet and try and 
and meet them. Like uh, I served in an area where Trent Reznor was raised from Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. And uh, several elders would go and visit with his mom so that they could get a picture with Trent Reznor's mom <laughs> just because that was a thing that people would do. Or Halle Berry, Halle Berry's family uh, from oh, Solon, Ohio. And so they would go and get a picture with Halle Berry's mom and hope that, you know, Halle Berry would be home and and be able to get a picture. So I wonder if it was, oh, what a crazy coincidence, or if they sought him out. Uh, yeah. an, another sports story, since we've got you, this is in the Duh article. Uh, Fred yeah. Warner, an amazing linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. There was an article this last week that said, is Fred Warner Mormon? Yep. And that's what the article is about. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. But doing a uh, just an amazing, amazing job for the 49ers this year. The, they're, they're doing great. He's looking great. It's fun to see both Fred Warner do so well and Puka Nakua <laughs> continuing to just dominate for the LA Rams. It's, it's a huge deal, certainly for BYU's football program, but to see these members of the church just rocking it in the NFL. So. One, can I share two more sports stories? Yes. They're quick. So okay, many sports. So I didn't realize this was a sports church podcast. The sports, episode, the sports episode. So um, Jimmer Fredette, I've always been a big fan of Jimmer. Mm -hmm. um, he had a somewhat uh, disappointing NBA career. Wasn't mm -hmm. what he had hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. And uh, he kind of, he was originally um, drafted number 10. Uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks and then immediately traded to the Sacramento Kings where he played for a few years. Didn't see a ton of action. It was a little bit yeah, lackluster. Uh, he floated around with the NBA for a little while, ended up playing in over in China, uh, did some time in Europe. Um, but now he has said he's he's pretty much left left the NBA behind. He's he's at peace with the fact that he probably won't play in the NBA again. Mm -hmm. But he is really making a name for himself in the three-on-three basketball tournaments like yeah so the u.s just played in um a tournament in the philippines okay and, and um they won nice. uh, his, his three on three team won he scored the winning the winning basket and was go, named james MVP. he was named mvp of the tournament and he's actually potentially looking at um an Olympic run with the three on three team. That's right. Because now three on three is part of the Olympics. Exactly. They failed to qualify last time, but if they're out winning, it's entirely possible. The USA could qualify. And if he's crushing it, it's entirely possible. He'll be on the team. So um, he said, he's not closing the door entirely on the NBA, but he's also realized that he's had a chance now to kind of recalibrate priorities, really understand the things that are the most important to him. If an NBA team calls, to answer the phone, but he's not actively seeking it out right now. And he's just really kind of found his niche in the three on three realm. Good so that him. was very, very exciting. And he's got a darling little family, a beautiful wife. And it sounds like he's really loving being a dad, being able to be home with his kids for holidays and birthdays and all of that. The other uh, story I have is about Ashley Hatch, a women's soccer player from BYU. Okay. Um, she uh this was from a few few weeks ago but she it made all kinds of headlines that she was not selected for the women's world cup team uh, because she absolutely crushes it i mean she's got a golden boot award she's got an sb award she's got all of the things that women's soccer players can get she's got those accolades and she was like i thought i did everything that i needed to to prove myself and the coach thought otherwise so i guess i didn't do everything i needed to do um but she talked about how it was like she wasn't expecting it because that's a hard space to live in to expect things like that. But she was disappointed and really relied heavily on her teammates and her family and her husband just to kind of pick herself back up because it was definitely disappointing. Yeah. Um, but it opened up some other opportunities for her because the she plays for the Washington Spirit and the two co-captains on that team were selected for the World Cup team. And she was not. So she actually stepped in to fill the role of captain while hmm. they were gone. And she talked about what a learning experience that was. Um, and what these two stories tell me is just that it's really important for everybody that we can expect and hope and dream. But it's not always possible for things to happen the way that we plan them out in our minds. Sure. And it's really important to recognize priorities and learning experiences and the things that are the most important.
Yeah. And that is your Saints Who Sport with Megan the Mitch. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to some serious business, shall we? Okay. Yeah, we're uh, done with sports. If you not that sports isn't serious, but I mean, is as they say what it is. Um, you can find a link in the show notes, and we've shared this on our Facebook page as well. If you are following the um stuff in Israel, geez. Oh my yeah. gosh. I so uh, admittedly, um if I am to get news, we don't have like cable TV coming into my home anymore. So mm-hmm. I have to seek it out in order to be informed. And I admittedly, because of some work and some other things, had sort of not been keeping up. And mm-hmm. someone said, oh, yeah, and everything, you know, going on in Israel. And I went, mm, I'm not exactly sure what they're referencing. Google, Google, Google. Oh, my gosh. So as everyone knows, uh, there is the BYU Jerusalem Center, since this is a we're not going to get into uh, all of what's going on, but how it affects the church uh, on this show. Um, there is the BYU Jerusalem Center uh, and 94 um, individuals there. And there has been some report that there's only 93 individuals there. So I want to first start there. Apparently, there was one woman who was attending uh, at the BYU Jerusalem Center and has gone home due to some leg things. So sometimes you hear uh, 94, sometimes you hear 93, but all accounts as of the recording of this, everyone is safe and sound and and classes are continuing as usual. That may change, but like I say, as of the recording of this, there the Jerusalem Center actually has a link that they update daily to say, here's what's going on, here's what you should know, uh, all of those things. Eric Huntsman, who helped us this past Easter, is, uh, I don't know, like he's the, uh, what are they called in, head, in Harry Potter? The headmaster? The headmaster. <laughs> yeah, Eric Huntsman is the headmaster there at the at the BYU Jerusalem Center. Reached out to him. Uh, hopefully, he'll be a part of a future news episode, too, just to give us an idea of what that's like um, being there, you know, having everything going on. And I can't imagine being a student going, oh, I'm going to focus. I'm going to go ahead and focus on my studies today. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine trying to do that with everything that's going on, but they are, in fact, pushing through. You can find a link if you're curious about what's going on as far as the Jerusalem Center in the show notes, updated daily. So find that there. Um, I follow Eric Huntsman on Twitter X, and he's been giving some updates there. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is that he has a son who's, um, I believe, a special needs who's mm -hmm. over there with him. And that was adding, I think, a little bit of a layer of anxiety for their family because he was getting very, very anxious and sure. nervous. I think he he has uh, autism, I believe. And um, but he was talking about how his son was very anxious about everything that was going on. And then they got him some ice cream and got him to some you know areas where he could feel secure. And then he was doing much better, but showed a picture of his son smiling and happy. So that made me. Because, I mean, that's a already fraught situation in the first place. And then you add that extra layer. I'm sure that was very nerve wracking. Yeah, I literally can't imagine. Yeah. You know, I mean, pr- the privilege, the American privilege of like, you know, I, I, I mean, I suppose it's possible. But as I sit and we sit and record this, I don't think either of us are going to have rockets shot at us. And no. and and the idea that potentially an errant rocket could go and hit where I'm at right now, I would be like, no, thanks, Tom Hanks. I'm out of here. I appreciate this educational opportunity, which I've had. I can't imagine what the students there are like, but the fact the resiliency of like, hey, no, we're good. We're going to keep this unique one in a once in a lifetime opportunity and stay there. I don't know how long that's going to continue, but good for them for being able to be that focused. I don't I don't think that I could do that for sure. Well, and, and side note to that whole story there, I did just read today that it is confirmed that there was a Utah who has lost his life in mm-hmm. over in Jerusalem. He had recently moved to Utah from Jerusalem, um, was a part of the Jewish community in Salt Lake City, but he had been he had gone back to visit and he was at a concert and unfortunately mm-hmm. lost his life. So very, very, very sad for the Jewish community. Um, and honestly, there's Palestinians who are being murdered as well, who want no part of this. You know, it's whole thing is. Well, and terrible. yeah, and completely brutal uh, and and senseless. And like some of the things I don't even necessarily want to get into, but like the ah, we don't care and you're dead. 
stop, yeah. you know, the hostages that they're keeping. They're like, hey, you keep every time you guys fire a rocket, we're going to, without any sort of hesitancy, kill one of these hostages. It's just. And it doesn't matter who the hostage is yep. or their age or anything. Yep. Just this is a hostage. It's just a number and it's a one for one. It's a, you know, anyway, so terrible. Uh, I want to bring up this article because I, I this combats the critics of the church. I like to share this. So one of the things that I hear when the church finances are discussed is that they're like, all these temples that are being built, how many hospitals has the church built? Zero. How many schools has the church built? Zero. Like those kind of quantifiers that we're, we're building these things that aren't actually helping people well. I will and forevermore insist that when people say, how many hospitals has the church helped built, that there is one in Kiev uh, that is over in the Ukraine. Um, the church, along with Project Hope, the church with a large financial contribution, um, has now helped uh, to replace a, a over 100-year-old building in the village of Zahatsli, I think is how you might pronounce that. Uh, the new clinic is going to serve 5,000 people from 13 surrounding villages, uh, and the church had a large financial role in being able to make this uh, possible. So uh, the church, um, the Global Health and Humanitarian Re Relief Organization Project Hope, uh, financed uh, the the uh, building. So there, take that one, one hospital, and I'm sure there's more, but to all the people that are like, well, how many? You can't say zero anymore. There is, in fact, one. And it's a huge thing. It's a beautiful building. It's great that we're able to do that. You know, now critics will say, well, sure, in Kiev, but why not in Alabama or whatever? I, you can't you can't uh -huh. please people. Um, it's interesting, though. Anytime you walk into any of the primary children's locations mm -hmm. in Utah, uh, there's a huge sign made possible by a donation from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at both the one up at the U and uh, in Riverton, if sure. that helps anything. So. Yeah, so three, everybody. And I'm sure there's more. That's the thing. That's the there's, thing that's ridiculous about some of yeah. the, the these claims. Now, are they super transparent about it? No, they're not. Could they be more transparent? But yes, they could. Do they do a lot of good with the money they, they have? Yes, they do. But do we have to be like, well, it's one or the other as the, yeah. as the theme of this episode? Nope. It's one nope. or the other. That's what we're going to call it. Black uh, and white. This is, I, I was uh, yesterday years old when I found out about this. There is a Swahili branch in Twin in Idaho. Falls, Idaho. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, this, is worthy, this is worthy of a follow-up episode. I'm going to try and get in touch with, and if anyone listening to this knows uh, someone either in that branch or in the branch presidency there, Apparently, there is a large contingent of refugees that find their way to Twin Falls. This is just essentially a feature piece. You can find the link in the show notes for this. Um, but that this most amazing branch full of Swahili-speaking individuals is finding faith and community and all that in Twin Falls, Idaho. I, I don't know why that strikes me as so particularly um, curious. I'm sure that there are things like this all over, you know, the the Mandarin-speaking um, branch in North Carolina. I don't know that we always think about that, but that was a highlight of a couple, you know, months back. Um, but yeah, Swahili in Twin Falls. And I'm thinking, I don't know how far Twin Falls is from where I sit, but that that might be interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard the Swahili language, but I, from I, I would love, I wouldn't, I wouldn't catch a lick of it. Maybe right. amen. Maybe I'd know what amen Sounds like because I'm betting it probably sounds pretty close, but uh, or at least in the cadence, I could figure out when amen is happening. Right, but right. to be able to go and worship and hear that language, uh, incredible field trip done, field and falls done. We'll get yeah. Corey K. Ward to tell us about the history of the building of the Swahili mm -hmm. branch. We'll yep. get some other folks along the way. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Um, so that may be that's a little precursor of perhaps a future episode of the Cultural Hall. What have you, Megan the Mitch Mitchell? Well, um, so there is a new book coming out about Mitt Romney by McKay oh. Romney, colon, a reckoning. Um, and I was, there's a great article on Slate about how this book came to be. And basically what it comes down to is Mitt Romney has been a 
prolific journal keeper throughout his life and has saved everything, everything, everything. And rather than uh, writing his book himself, he says he wouldn't be able to be objective about his own life. He asked uh, McKay Coppins to write it for him. And uh, Brother Coppins talks all about how Mitt Romney just had filing cabinets upon filing cabinets just full of campaign documents, campaign notes, legal pads full of all of his thoughts. And um, at one point there was like a filing cabinet that he couldn't find the key to. So he just grabbed a crowbar and just <laughs> must been. But what this what this whole article actually talks about is how members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are prolific journal keepers and record keepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked the author of the article talks all about how Mitt Romney comes to this very honestly, his family all the way back to his great great grandfather who joined the church in England. They just they kept all of their journals and um how the church has been doing that since the very beginning and how Joseph Smith, even in the very first official meeting of the church said, you know, we're going to keep a record. And that's what started the church history department, you know, and a church historian and having um, people taking, taking down the history of all of the things. And I think it's interesting that we do have such, we have this history of keeping, keeping a record. We know all about our family history and our uh, genealogy, Personally, I look at my my podcast, the little, the little Lessons podcast, almost as a journal for my family to look upon, you know, mm-hmm. as I get older and things like that. Things because it's sharing things that I've learned and things that I'm understanding and and everything. But I've noticed that like the word historian is such an overlooked calling. Oh yeah. Um, and it's been like that in every ward I've ever been in, you know, on like December 20th. They're like, Hey, can you tell us everything that has happened in the elders quorum over the last 12 months? And it's yeah. like, well, second, you know, and uh, just, I mean, this is obviously tangential to the article, but I think it's, it's important that we have this history. So maybe we should emphasize it a little bit more down on the ward level and yeah. in our auxiliaries and whatnot, you know, but Mitt Romney, prolific journal keeper. Well, and I'll have to reach out. We had McKay Coppins uh, in the cultural hall. There'll be a link for that in the show notes. So be sure that you find and go and listen to that episode. Uh, but to be able to visit with him about uh, what what that is, how that's coming that's along. Fascinating. When, yeah, just unreal. And McKay is such a great conversationalist. I look forward to just being able to visit with him. So check out the yeah. old episode and uh, throw a couple prayers up that we can be able to talk him in to doing it again. Well, here's the thing. The book is about to come out and McKay's going on like a book tour. I think he's, he's doing be. like a, a signing down in Provo, I think, later in November, I think. On so it. I'm on it. I'm going to reach out to you. McKay, on, I know you're listening. Get on the docket. I know you're listening, docket. Mr. Coppins. Uh, okay. Other articles worth mentioning. Uh, this just real quick. Um, available now. And it's, as one p- person on Facebook uh, pointed out, they've been available for a while. But if you're looking <laughs> to be able to see the um, talks from General Conference, watch the videos listen to the podcasts. They're consumable in all the forms now. So if you missed any of the sessions or you want to go back and think just a little bit more celestially, you can go back and listen to uh, any and or all of this past general conference that's available there. Um, I thought this was interesting. Um, You know that James Huntsman, uh, going after his tithing that he gave to the church, um, saying, hey, you know what, I was I was tricked. I was told that it was going to be one thing and is suing the church for uh, $5 million, that which he paid in tithing um, over a quarter of a century. Well, it's interesting to note. So it had been closed and the church went, Phew, and then it got reopened and the church went, what? And so that's where uh, a, at least a small portion of the case is still open. It's not the case in entirety. Um, there was an article from Deseret News, which certainly has the Deseret News angle to it. Um, but uh, it was interesting to note a couple of things. One, um, the organizations that also signed on to this saying, hey, we don't feel like this is a good idea to allow this to continue to go forward. That's the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Orthodox Jewish uh, folks, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, the Jewish Coalition for Religious Liberty, the General Council on Finance and Administration of the United Methodist Church, uh, the California Southern Baptist Convention, 
the ethics and religious synthesis. Uh, Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Communicate uh, Convention, right? So lots of various um, groups that maybe we don't always align with have all said slippery slope if we start to do stuff like this, because then how many will and how are we to know what we need to have in air quotes coffers for people that, you know, they're in and then, oh, I'm out and I want all of the things back. So, um, so I thought that uh, article to be particularly interesting. And that continues to go forth, at least that portion where they're saying, hey, you know, we will allow this part of the conversation um, to continue with James Huntsman's uh, appeal and and subsequent suit. Um, I have a question. Uh, yeah, please. Is he related to John Huntsman? Yes. He is Senior John, he is John Huntsman's brother. Uh, okay. So Paul Huntsman, the uh, owner, uh, well, it's a nonprofit, the pseudo sort of owner uh, of the um, Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. Uh, uh, also, um, you know, it's all the Huntsman boys, right? Okay. John John Huntsman Jr., uh, John Huntsman Sr., his dad. Yeah. So this is one. It's a, it's also an interesting timeline too because James sort of stuck in with the church until his dad passed, or seemingly so. So, hmm. so there are a lot of people that have lots of feelings about a huntsman doing something like this, understandably so. But um, the thing that they have to prove within court is that he was, uh, in fact, um, that he that he. Uh, I listened to a really great podcast about this. I think it was a Mormon land episode, but they have to prove that he um, fully believed uh, one thing and that the church didn't do any part of that thing. Meaning uh, I, I think he has to, he has to completely believe um, that his, that the money that he was using um, was only for the welfare and benefit of people. So they have to be able to prove that that's what he believed at the time he donated. And then the church has to prove that any of that was only used um, for that, or that they didn't say that it was only used for the welfare and benefit of individuals. And so there's one um, talk uh, or speech, I guess I would say, uh, by President Hinckley right around the time of the City Creek Mall, where it's one or two words that President one Hinckley uses words, yeah. that they go, ooh, right. that's the thing. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see um, where that all falls out. What That uh, seems really, sorry, that seems really complicated to prove that, sure. like, he believed the one thing and that he believed that over the course of 25 years and that yep. he believed that every day of his tithing giving right. life, you know, and then I guess it would be a little bit easier to prove on the church's end, because I know what you're talking about, the quote by President Hinckley, that it was mm -hmm. like the not principle, but it was something about, I, I know what you're saying. And if you read the article, it makes sense. I feel like it would be a little bit easier to prove yes or no on that end, but mm -hmm. then like, how do you prove what's going through somebody's mind? Right. At right. any given their life. Like that just seems impossible. And frankly, in my opinion, a legal idiot who doesn't know anything about anything when it comes to the law and how it's prosecuted, but like that seems unwinnable. Yeah. And and some would say the victory is the fact that um, you know, that he's brought it up and that there's the attention and maybe there will be more transparency as far as the church goes or just the consideration. Some would say it's not even about, you know, James Huntsman getting the money back at all. So maybe, maybe warrants a future episode uh just to talk about that case, maybe as there's more developments uh in all that. I think it's worth noting a little bit of an update as far as uh, Tim Ballard, um, so we can, we can get well into this. Um, people don't know Tim Ballard, once upon a time, the uh, founder of Operation Underground Railroad, uh, an organization that sought to um, to help uh, children out of trafficking, both sex and otherwise. Um, he's now the former uh, of that particular organization, has started his own organization that does essentially the same thing but now he's able to be the the um the uh like head of it where he was no longer able to be the head of operation underground railroad 
um, had talked about running for uh, state for the senator seat for the state of Utah, and then everything went crazy. Um, the movie, the highly hit uh, or highly um, touted movie of the summer, Sound of Freedom, uh, uh, at least based on Tim Ballard's life. Um, but I suppose the um, the updates on this is that now five women uh, are suing Tim Ballard. Uh, there is actually a suit that has been filed. Um, and Operation Underground Railroad and the Spear Fund, which is his new organization. So these five women are suing OUR and All the three. Spear Fund and Tim Ballard. And Tim Ballard, yep. Saying that they, they knew what was going on. OUR knew what was happening and just kind of covered it up. Um, they allege sexual abuse um, while they pose as his wife. Anything from... Um, I think with one woman, he, you know, he sent her pictures of him almost all completely undressed. And that picture has now surfaced and is out there for people to see. Should you want to see something like that? Um, it's, uh, it, it is wild to hear mm -hmm. some of the responses. Initially, you know, this got, this came about when the church said, Hey, uh, Tim Ballard, you know, nothing to do with Elder Ballard. And in fact, he has abused the relationship that he had with us. So no, thank you. We would like to disconnect ourselves from it. Uh, Tim Ballard saying, oh, I didn't know anything about this. This can't be real. And the floods of people who take to the internet who are like, well, the, the leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been compromised. Yeah. Tim Ballard is clearly the new, you know, some sort of pariah, a leader that we need to unite behind. Of course, M. Russell Ballard is in favor of sex trafficking. There was one wild, and I don't want to link to this in the show notes, um, about this QAnon, you know, uh, here's yeah. where this all is, and it's a mother and a daughter, and it's just, it is scary business watching I could not, that video. I couldn't, I couldn't get through 30 seconds of it. It was just, mm. I, I don't think, Richie, when all of this came out, this all broke when I was on my cruise a few weeks ago. Uh -huh, I don't think Go ahead. anybody. Yeah, I will. I will. I was <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Um, I was trying to disconnect and here it all came connecting again. But um, I don't think any of us could have really expected uh -huh. what subsequent information has been. Sure. You know, I mean, and I read one of the witness statements or, you know, whatever of one of the women and he was telling her we were married in a previous life. So yeah. all of this is okay. And he offered to pay for one of the women's divorce attorneys, the divorce that was brought on by his actions. You know, um, he was saying that he's going to be the next Mormon prophet. He is going to be the president of the United States. A lot of people are saying this is reading very Chad Daybell-esque mm -hmm. with some of the things that he was saying. It's all so icky. It's so gross. I, I mm, like, and, and and another thing uh, that is uh, alleged. So it's worth noting again. Yes, Tim Ballard. Yes, he took the anesthetic ketamine, ketamine, yeah, and yeah. then started communicating with an entity that he claimed was the dead prophet Nephi. So I just uh, okay. Uh, so in the in the spirit of it has to be one thing or the other. Let me just mm -hmm. let me just throw this out. Could it be, and I've mentioned this before, but could it be that mm -hmm. yes, Tim Ballard started off very altruistic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is great. I can remember 10 years ago that donating and and everything was donated to OUR. It was especially here in the state of Utah. I don't know how it was anywhere else because I didn't live anywhere else, but everything was to help, you know. If you went to your yoga class, a portion of your proceeds went to OUR. When you bought a, an iceberg shake, a portion of your iceberg shake, like it was, it was the sushi, the ramen, the uh, cookie of the 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was all of those things, the buckies of 10 years ago. Um, and I can see, I genuinely can see how something like that, people being like, oh my gosh, you, you are this, this air quotes, savior of all of these people. I get how that can change 
your mind to to where you start believing things that aren't true and then i think once you start to believe things that aren't true and you have people that you know speak into your life that are like you are so amazing and then other people who are like you know you've got this money and i can speak to the dead people and i can do all this like you just i i can see how it all goes yeah and so i'm not saying that i'm you know that i i read this and go yep i'm sure ketamine and the dead prophet need fine i'm not saying that but I'm also not not saying that, right? Like it, it yeah. I there are people, I mean, Chad the same way. Chad Daybell, interesting that you bring that up. Court, he's going to court once, you know, side side news bar. Uh going yeah. to court starts April 1st of 2024. He wants the cameras in the in the courtroom. He's saying, please bring them in. The the, the thing is, like you you he wrote, wrote a bunch of books. A bunch of people were like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. You're right. I can't believe it. Oh, you're right. It does make sense. Well, what else is this? Like, it is just, the. I think the way that people, unfortunately, some people go. Once yeah. you start to have people kind of idolizing or adoring them, what else is it? What else is it? What else can I do? Can I get away with this? Well, I don't even yeah. know that I'm thinking I'm getting away with this, but uh, this seemed right. I had this hunch. What about this thing? And then quickly you can be not just the guy who is trying to eliminate sex and child trafficking, but taking ketamine and talking to the dead prophet Nephi. And potentially becoming a trafficker yourself. I mean, these a lot of these women are like, I feel like I was trafficked because yeah. he took me to this foreign country and I was forced to do things that I had no interest in doing, you know, and I... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's a lot. And the thing that I keep seeing frequently pop up is, well, President Ballard told, told Tim, do whatever you need to do to save these children. Sure. Okay. But anybody with half a brain cell would know that President Ballard didn't mean, you know, have a bunch of affairs and get blackout drunk like it is alleged, you know, sure. I mean, sure. anybody with half a brain cell would know that. So how did he, how did he go from I'm going to save these kids. And the, this apostle gave me a blessing to go and save the children to now I'm going to do all of this really disgusting stuff. Allegedly, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's very, very confusing. And still not confirmed at this point, uh, though highly suspected that he was excommunicated uh, from the LDS church. So Worth noting that on an, an, uh, a conversation that I think is is sort of been musing about in my head, his wife still standing by him, which yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like assuming that this that this is all not true, you know, mm -hmm. I I I as a spouse, if my spouse was saying, "Hey, all of these things not true," I suppose I could I I would stand by my spouse the time that they've been together, but. But I, I do get curious, and I don't want to get into this at this point because we're done. Um, but yeah. uh, I do get curious at to what point, and not even specifically in this situation, but like at what point or what does it take you as a spouse when someone is like, hey, this, and you're like, no, not not my spouse. Hey, also this. No, still not my no. spouse. Like it has made me think, like at what point would I as a spouse be like, yeah, I love this person who has made really horrible choices and I can't stand beside this anymore. And I don't know that I've come to an answer, but it is surprising to me that with all that has been alleged that she is still, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. We don't know the private conversations. We don't know what he said to her. Right. I mean, she knew about the couple's ruse, which is yeah. what he was saying was going on. So, she, and she admitted to the fact that like, there's things in the footage of documentaries that have been made that she just can't watch because it makes her too uncomfortable so it's it would not be a hard jump to say, well, he's doing this stuff on camera. What what else is happening? Sure. You know, and and he said to her, I'm going to have to do things that you're not going to be comfortable with, you know, and uh, I I don't know if my husband came to me and said, I'm going to have to do things with other women that you'd be uncomfortable with. I'd be like, OK, well, I'll see you later because yeah. that's not happening on my watch. Or, you know, you? I he's like, I don't know. If he was like, listen, I don't want to do this. This is the only thing that I can do. Think about what this does for people. And or if he came after the fact and you're finding out about it and was contrite and said, yeah, you know what, Megan, I, I really messed up. 
These were things that I shouldn't have done. I mean, we don't know about those conversations. So benefit of the doubt it, on all sides of that. But it does yeah. seem like a difficult haul to just be like, yep, by your side. We don't know, you know, because in some of those situations, yeah. like it's the welfare of the kids or like the lifestyle that they've led. I'm sure that they have led a, a considerably, you know, comfortable lifestyle. And to say, right. well, thanks, maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but it has been. As I've continued to see her stand by, I just hope that she is standing by because she genuinely supports and believes him and not for any other reason. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, that's a fun story to end on. Let's see if there's anything else that I would maybe want to just kind of throw there in the end. You know, we talked before about all the vandalized churches here in the state of Utah, but we're not alone. Uh, it's happening in Idaho Falls as well. A local Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints building was vandalized Sunday afternoon with trash, broken TVs, feces, and shattered glass left in the building. Um, and they caught the two kids. The okay. teens were taken into custody, released to their parents, and are in deep trouble. I added the deep trouble part of it, but um, <laughs> good to know that they caught them. Um, are they in deep doo-doo? <laughs> in their own deep doo-doo. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was them. It's not like they brought in other feces. They were like, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. I, I get kids being kids. I mean, I smashed a mailbox or two federal fence, I'm just admitting to, um, when I was yeah. a kid. But I don't, I don't know. Breaking into a building and shattering things and then defecating. I, uh, it seems like a large... That's a lot. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if this anyway. has left you down in the dumps, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be able to listen again next week. And that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the cultural, the cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really got